Welcome back into the Nick Bob Podcast. I'm taping this. It's Monday, early evening. It's April 3rd, and the Creighton season is in the books. And now in this NIL transfer portal world, everybody waits and looks and sees what's going to happen with the roster. Roster retention, roster movement becomes fascinating to watch. So that's what I want to dive into with this pod of Creighton's roster, how it looks, who is out, what we know, who is maybe out, who is maybe staying, who is for sure staying, all of those kinds of things. So right, at, uh, full disclosure, right as I was about to turn on the mic, the Sharif Mitchell news hit hit Twitter. Sharif Mitchell announced that he is entering into the transfer portal. Uh, he is leaving, which is big news, but in my opinion, not surprising news. I I, I touched on, on this. I'll touch on this as the pod progress, progresses here, but... You know, I, I uh, right as I was about to turn the mic on here, Sharif Mitchell hits the porter. So we already uh, portal. So we got we got some big news, but the waiting game of watching and wondering is about to unfold for a long stretch here for Creighton, Creighton fans, everybody involved. Two months is how long all this could take to find out exactly what the roster looks like for next season. And what's crazy is there is a world where every basically everyone comes back. There's a world where basically Creighton's entire core, outside of Sharif Mitchell now, is back. Think about it. Shireman can come back. Farabello has already announced she's coming back. And obviously, we know that core group of Kalkbrenner, Alexander, and Nemhard and Kaluma, they're all underclassmen. Those are three sophomores and a junior right there that I just named. And of, and of course, guys like Mason Miller and Frederick King are, are a freshman and a redshirt freshman. So there is a world where basically the entire rotation is back. Of course, in this transfer portal NIL world, combined with the fact that a handful of Creighton starters are fringe NBA guys, there is also a world where a ton of guys on Creighton's lineup leave and the roster looks way different. Like, Kalkbrenner, Alexander, Kaluma, Shireman could all dive into the NBA draft and say, bye, to Creighton, which would obviously radically change the roster for next year. So I say that to, to set up that there is a wide range of outcomes with how this roster looks next year and a lot of variables to this entire equation where what one guy does impacts another, all these kinds of things. You know, do, do some of the bench guys think about leaving if all the starters come back? Because they want to play, they want an expanded role. What, what does the staff do in terms of portal activity if they lose one or two or three starters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? So, what I wanted to do was kind of go through the roster and give my thoughts on each player and their situation, and I'll try to take a stab at guessing at what they what they ultimately do. Full disclosure: I have no intel on this. I don't know how anybody does. Even if you do have some insight, I mean, shoot, things can change, right? Guys haven't gone through pre-draft workouts. We don't know what a, what's in the hearts and minds of some of the bench guys. Like, who knows? So, I don't know anything, but I'm going to take a stab at guessing what I think some guys may do and assessing their situation. Now, before I do that, a couple of things to keep in mind. As of right now, literally a couple hours ago, Creighton had zero scholarships to give, but now they have one scholarship to give with the news that Sharif Mitchell has entered the portal. But... About a week ago, John Christophilus, redshirt freshman shooting guard, already announced that he is transferring, which opened up a scholarship, which Creighton subsequently landed 
transfer Isaac Trout. Local kid from Grand Island. He spent last year at Virginia as a redshirt freshman. And I'll get more into Trout in a little bit. But so you open up a scholarship with Christophilus leaving. You fill it with Trout. And then you have the news of today, which I'm taping again. It's April 3rd. That Sharif Mitchell is transferring, which now opens up a scholarship for the staff to give. And that's it at this point. So with only one scholarship right now, that kind of makes recruiting really challenging for the staff because it's going to be hard to craft a plan of who or what you need because you don't know who is all going to be here. And when you only have one scholarship to give on paper right now, I don't that's that's this is a challenging thing for the staff to navigate all of that. But at the same time, they, the staff, they got to be active in recruiting just in case some guys leave. But I don't even know what that looks like. You know, like, you get, obviously, they can't get caught in May and all of a sudden, you know, Alexander Shireman and Kaluma all leave and they need to replace three starters and they ha- they've been all just hanging out, doing nothing and haven't been active in recruiting. Like, certainly can't do that. But I don't, it's, it's kind of weird to, so, you know, you're maybe in on somebody that would be a starter for you and he's only interested in coming if he's going to start. He doesn't want to be on the bench. Like, how do you say, hey, wait, just wait until what, uh, wait until Shireman decided what he wants to do and then, and then we'll, we'll figure it out. Like, that's hard to do because if you're that guy in the portal, you, you don't want to wait and 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 all of a sudden Shireman comes back and, you know, I mean, it's last call at the bar and the lights come on and you, you're going home empty, you know? Like, so it's a hard thing for everybody. It's a hard thing for this, for the, for the staff to manage. A couple of key dates to keep in mind in the month of May, or just a couple of key dates in general. First of all, underclassmen, so obviously Kaluma and Shireman and, and, and Trey Alexander and Kalkman, they have until April 23rd to enter the NBA draft. And then May 31st is the deadline for underclassmen to withdraw from the NBA draft. So in theory, this could last all the way up till May 31st. I think, And I literally think you have until like 11.59 p.m. on May 31st. So this could be a fairly long, drawn-out, fairly stressful six weeks or so for a lot of people on a variety of levels. But it's a big decision for these these players to make, and so you want to exhaust every single conversation and moment and trying to gather information. So I don't I get it. But it's it's gonna be it's gonna be stressful. So just to keep that in mind. May thirty first is the deadline for underclassmen to withdraw from the NBA draft. Okay, so here we go. I'm gonna try to take a stab at some of this stuff. So again, out John Christophilus and Sharif Mitchell. In Isaac Trout. Great pickup, by the way. Love that he's a local Grand Island kid. He played AAU ball with Jason Green. He's got to know Baylor Shireman since they're from the same area, right? Aurora and Grand Island. Creighton was heavy recruiting Trout out of high school. Uh, my understanding of his recruitment was it basically was it came down to Creighton in Virginia, and Creighton was the runner-up. And... That's good. So Creighton's been on Trout for years, which makes a difference since there's an established relationship there, right? Both parties kind of know what they're getting. 
Trout redshirted this year for Virginia. He's a former four-star top 100 recruit. He's 6'10". He's skilled. He can shoot the three. He can handle it a little bit. He can play either the four or the five as well. He's a unique matchup because of his skill set, his ability to dribble a little bit he can sh- and, and be able to pick and pop and shoot. He's a good player, good pickup. Hopefully his shooting can translate immediately because Creighton needs more of that in my opinion, but it's always hard. You never know when someone sits for a whole year. It can you, be interesting to see how you know Ray to rock Trout is. But good pickup for Creighton. So I made categories. Try to like channel my inner Bill Simmons here with this. Made categories for the remaining guys on the roster and and their decisions. Category one, I call this category for sure back. For sure back. Just to, I know it, sometimes you got to state the obvious. Francisco Farabello. He's already announced he's coming back. He's a senior. He's got that extra COVID year. Not even really sure if he could transfer again, given how the NCAA is trying to crack down on the two-time transfer thing. But Bellow's coming back. Mason Miller. There could be minutes at the four opening up, depending on what happens with Kaluma and his draft situation. Plus, Mason Miller's uncle is on the staff, Ryan Miller. So, I think Mason Miller's for sure coming back. Jason Green. Just redshirted as a redshirt freshman. Local kid from Millard North. I guess I have just I I have no reason to believe he would leave. Like I know the coaches like Jason. He seemed to have a good redshirt year. I think he's back. I feel confident putting him in the for sure back category. So that's category one. For sure back. Farabello, Miller, Green. The Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Category two is, he's coming back, right? And I put Ryan Nemhart here. I think that's the first way to put it. He's coming back, right? Like, I think he's in that sweet spot of, like, he's not quite an NBA prospect. I don't ever really see him on NBA draft, mock drafts. I don't think he's really on the radar of the NBA the way the guys like Kaluma and Shireman and Alexander are. And when you combine that with the fact that he he is in a great situation at Creighton, he's a really good player, he runs the show, he plays 30 minutes a game, 35 minutes a game, balls in his hands, great fit for how Greg McDermott wants to play. I just don't see how or why he would leave. Right? But you just never know. I guess. I wanted to put him in the for sure coming back, and I think he's more, way more leaning that way than the other way. But a two-year starter is a good player. Who knows? I mean, Hunter Dickinson went into the portal. Hunter Dickinson. 
So I just, I don't put anything past anyone, but I'm like 99.9% sure that Ryan Nemhart's coming back. But I, but I wanted to kind of, I, I decided to put him in a category of his own. The, he's coming back, right? Category is Ryan Nemhart. Category three, sneaky, tough decisions to make. I had Sharif Mitchell. I told you I wrote this all out prior to Mitchell's announcement. I had Sharif Mitchell in this category. I, I looked at Sharif. I'm like, okay, he's got one more year left. Ryan Nemhard coming back. Does he want to spend his last year playing 10 to 12 minutes again? 10 to 12 minutes a game again? Like, I don't know. He's He's been a career backup. Backed up Zagorowski. Backed up Nemhard. Does he want more than that for his final year? I wonder. I... For that final year, you want to play. And I feel like Sharif, this is probably like this is probably it in terms of playing basketball. This is it. This is it. Sometimes that final year can make people want to find a for sure better playing time situation. So I wonder I, I wrote I wrote this down. I said, I wonder about Sharif Mitchell. Well, lo and behold, he is transferring. He is transferring. Next guy I put in this category, Ben Stoltzberg. Depends. First of all, it depends on, you know, what's in his heart. Like, I mean, he's a California kid. Is he happy in Nebraska? Is he happy in Omaha? He seems like he is. Kind of never know. But I think from a basketball standpoint, I think this depends a lot on what Nemhard Alexander and Baylor Shireman do. If those guys stay, all three or maybe two of the three, combined with Farabello coming back, Ben Stoltzberg, could be stuck in likely the exact same spot he was just in as a as a true freshman. Maybe now he takes some of Sharif Mitchell's backup point guard minutes, but maybe the staff wants to use that scholarship to go get a more ready-made bench guard off in the portal. I don't know. I like Ben Stoltzberg. I know the staff likes Ben Stoltzberg, but I, it wouldn't stun me if Stoltzberg left because of a guard log jam here. And just the unknown of like, he's probably playing the waiting game. Like, hey, what's what's Alexander and, and Shireman and, and what are they going to do? There was a, I think it was Joel Lorenzi reported today that he had heard some rumblings that Stoltzberg might be entering the portal. That's certainly possible. So, sneaky decision to make. I got Ben Stoltzberg. The next guy, I almost feel bad putting him in here. I put Fred King in here. I think he stays. But if Kalkbrenner comes back, explain to me how Fred King's role changes. And and, And think about this. Isaac Trout is now here. So... Now, Fred King could maybe lose minutes to Trout at the if if you wanted to put Trout at the five. But the big thing, the big one here is Kalkbrenner. Kalkbrenner's an all-American caliber big man. He doesn't foul. He's rarely on the bench. The reality is you're Kalkbrenner's backup. You probably aren't playing much. You're maybe playing, you know, five, six minutes a game. Which, you know, without Kalkbrenner's mono situation. Fred King probably wouldn't have played basically at all this year outside of real spot minutes here and there. So I don't know. I hope Frederick King sees the big picture with this thing. 
and sees the development he can make with his staff and learning from Kalkbrenner. But patience can be a tough thing for players at times. And with Trout's arrival, if Kalkbrenner comes back, I wonder about Fred King a little bit. I have no reason to believe he would leave. I just, I also just zoom out and look at the the roster and who comes back and Trout coming in. I'm going, eh. sneaky decision to make. I think I think he should stay. I think he probably will stay, but it's a decision to make there. So those are the sneaky tough decisions. I had I had Sharif Mitchell in there. He left. I had Ben Stoltzberg and I have Fred King. Category four, on-the-clock, on-the-clock decisions. You know who these guys are. Arthur Kaluma, Trey Alexander, Baylor Shireman, Ryan Kochbrenner. We'll start with Kaluma. If I had to rank these four guys in... Most likely they're gonna they're they're leaving to least likely they're leaving. I would put Kaluma's most likely he's leaving. He's a guy I feel the most confident in predicting that he's gonna leave. He strikes me as someone who's ready to go pro. And to be honest, he also is striking me as someone whose stock is maybe only gonna go down if he stays in college another year. I'll be real. I actually kind of think Kaluma's stock is lower today than it was after his freshman year. I I think his stock was maybe a little higher a year ago than it is today. And that's one of the tricky things about, you know, like Doug McDermott stayed and he and he balled out and raised his stock, but you see some guys stay and it goes the other way. I think Kaluma kind of went the other way. What's tough is actually that Kaluma played really well in the NCAA tournament this year. He had some clutch second half moments. But overall, again, I'm just being honest, I thought he just had an okay year. Certainly wasn't a great year. I'm not sure he's really any better than he was as a freshman. So in my opinion, his stock is about as high as it's going to get. And with his six seven frame and size and potential athleticism, I could see him getting drafted in the second round. I mean, you watch the NBA. Kaluma's what a lot of, a lot of players look like. They're long, they're switchable, they're versatile. That's what that's what everybody wants six five to six seven versatile wings. That's like what you want. You just want to stockpile those in the NBA. That's Kaluma. That is Kaluma. So my guess is my prediction is Kaluma leaves. That's my prediction. Ryan Kalkbrenner. I I, I kind of look at it like this. And maybe this isn't totally fair because every situation is kind of different. But to me, I kind of look at it like, okay, it, if Drew Timmy, Hunter Dickinson, and Trace Jackson Davis, if all of them came back to college, then Kalkbrenner will too. Like, if there isn't a place in the league for those guys a year ago, my guess is the same is true for Kalkbrenner. And Kalkbrenner much like Shireman and Trey Alexander, who I'll I'll touch on both in a second, it is a good example of the positives for NIL and college basketball. I mean, Kaluma could cash in too. I'm just, I think Kaluma, for everything I said, I just think he's ready to to turn the page in the NBA. 
But I think Kalkbrenner could be a good example for positives with NIL and college basketball. Forever, it used to be where players, their decisions were, okay, you either had to stay in college and make nothing, not get paid, or you can go pro and at least get paid something while they're in the primes of their careers where they sometimes have a short shelf life to make a much, as much money as they can. Right? Like, okay, I can stay in college and make $0, or I can start my pro career and I might end up in, you know, in Spain and I'm making a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Okay, I get it. Even someone like Justin Pat- Patton, for example. I, I, I totally understood him leaving after his redshirt freshman year. Even though from a basketball development standpoint, he maybe should have stayed. But at that time, he couldn't make any money at Creighton. He couldn't make any money in college. So the only way for him to get paid was to leave. And obviously, when you're you know a first-round draft pick, you're getting a lot of money. But this Kalkbrenner situation, just a handful of years different, or years, years removed, years later, is different. Because you know I could argue that Kalkbrenner could maybe make more money next year at Creighton on some NIL stuff than he could going overseas or in the G League, which is likely where he'd probably end up. So my guess is Kalkbrenner stays. I think it's why you see such an uh, abundance of great big men in college is because there's not a great place for them in the NBA right now. So a lot of them end up staying. Like Edie, like Travion Williams for years, like Hunter Dickinson, Trace Jackson Davis, like Drew Timmy. So my prediction is is Kalkbrenner stays. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. You know, there are a lot of ways to, to greet someone. Hey, hi, hello, what's up? Another way is, what's popping? Well, here's the thing. That greeting has taken on a new meaning now because the answer to what's popping is now, Runza's new popcorn chicken. That's what's popping. Runza's new popcorn chicken is amazing. Little bite-sized, delicious, all-white meat chicken that make any day better immediately. I love them. My wife loves them. My kids cannot get enough. Two-year-old Mac, six-year-old Mava are constantly wanting to get it popping. Great for a snack, great for a meal. Pair them with the best crinkle fries on planet Earth, and you are set. All I got to say is you need to get out to a Runza location nearest you and get it popping. What's so hard to understand about that? Get it popping with Runza's all-new popcorn chicken. Runza makes it all better. Baylor Shireman. My guess is... Shireman stays for a lot of the same reasons with Kalkbrenner. I think Shireman can make a ton of money at Creighton with NIL. I also just get the sense that Shireman loves it at Creighton too. He kind of he's kind of become a fan favorite. I think he likes wearing that Creighton jersey. M- most NBA mock drafts and projections, his name either doesn't show up at all or it shows up, you know, towards the last, you know, pick number 54 or something like that late in the second round. So I think the combination of all that, fringe draft pick, draft pick can make a ton of uh, with NIL in Omaha, loves it at Creighton. My guess is he stays. 
Trey Alexander, I'm really not quite sure on Trey. Like I, like I said, if I were ranking the four guys here in this category with decisions to make, Kalk, Kalkbrenner, Kaluma, Trey Alexander, and Baylor Shireman, if I had to rank them for most likely to least likely to leave, I'd do it like this. I'd say most likely is Kaluma. Next would be Trey Alexander. Then I'd have Shireman. Then I'd have Kalkbrenner. That would be my order. So Trey's a tough one for me. He's a good combo guard. He can handle it. He can enter offense as a point guard. He can also play off the ball, which is coveted in the NBA. And he's rapidly improving. Rapidly improving. Think about how much better that guy's gotten in the past 18 months. Amazing improvement as a three-point shooter. Freshman year, 28% from three. Made 18 total threes. Sophomore year, 40% from three. Made 66 total threes. That's incredible improvement. So he is intriguing in some ways. And I don't, I don't have a great feel for what he'll do, but certainly like Kalkbrenner and Shireman, he could make a good amount of money with NIL as well. So that is certainly a factor. He may say to himself, you know what? I'm going to bet on myself. I can also get a little bit of dough here with NIL. I'm going to take another year. I'm going to show him what I can do at Creighton, improve my draft stock. I'm still young. I'm only going to be a junior. So who knows? I'll lean towards he stays, but I wouldn't be surprised or stunned if he leaves and enter, and stays enters the draft and stays in the draft. So those are the categories and how I how I see it. A couple last thoughts: some pre-draft stuff. This is something you got to keep an eye on. You know, so right now, what let you know if they enter the draft, which I anticipate, you know, all these guys to enter the draft and get you know get some draft evals and maybe get some workouts. Maybe some of these guys go to the draft combine, all that stuff. Certainly, maybe one or two of them have a few killer workouts or killer showings at the NBA draft combine or or something like that, and they blow up. That is certainly possible. And we just don't know about that because obviously it hasn't happened yet. But can I just be fully honest with you guys? Can I be fully honest with you guys? I like all those guys a lot. I mean, I love them at Creighton. I got so much respect and admiration for what those guys have done and do. I really do. But I just, I'm not sure any of those guys are NBA guys. I hate that saying that sounds like I'm hating or I don't like them as players. That is not true at all. I think they're all great players. Not good, great players. I just don't think people realize how hard it is to get into the NBA and stick in the NBA. The 450 players in the NBA, those are the best of the best of the best of the best of the best in the world. And just because you aren't in that 450 doesn't mean you can't play. There are some incredible players overseas and in the G League. Incredible players that aren't in the NBA. So, by saying I'm just not sure these guys are NBA guys, and again, this is NBA guys right now. Like, maybe Trey Alexander continues to improve, or maybe whatever. I don't know. I'm saying right now in this moment. I wonder if Trey Alexander's athletic enough. I wonder about Shireman's athleticism. I wonder about Kaluma's just overall, how skilled he is. 
Kalkbrenner, you know, centers are an endangered species now. And anymore, if you can't shoot, you have a hard time in the NBA. Again, I hate that it feels like I'm hating and that I don't like these guys because you guys know that's not true. I love these guys as players. They're clearly amazing basketball players. But the NBA is a different world. Size, athleticism, skill set. There are just certain things that are non-negotiable, and I'm just not sure some of those guys check enough of those boxes. That's just my opinion, though. But you never know. Here's the thing. All you need to do, to do is convince one team to love you and draft you in this situation. That's it. You don't need everybody to love you. You need one. 30 teams in the NBA. 29 can think you stink, but if one likes you, that's all it takes. Maybe one team falls in love with Baylor Shireman's passing and playmaking and potential shooting and the way he kind of he's a connector. Maybe one team falls in love with Trey Alexander as a combo guard. The fact that he can play the both one and the two and is rapidly improving as a shooter. Maybe one team falls in love with uh, falls in love with Arthur Kaluma's six seven frame and flashes of athleticism. And maybe one team falls in love with Ryan Kalkbrenner's defensive rim protection and hands and touch with lobs and finishing around the rim. All that is totally possible, and maybe that happens. We'll see. But I just also want I don't know how great any of them are going to look in a one on one, two on two, three on three workout like. Trey Alexander would probably look the best of the of the of those guys, but those guys are are more five on five players that would flourish within the team flow, which I actually think is a compliment. If I'm being honest, like some players have skill sets that lend itself to looking great in a workout, one on zero, two on two, three on three. Others don't, but the reality is basketball's played five on five, and that's where I think those guys are at their best. So we'll see. I just got, I had to be honest for a second there. Again, that is, don't give it, like, this is not meant to be negative on those guys. I love those guys as players. I just, the NBA boy is a beast. The next thought I had was, I think there's, I think there's a chance they likely make their decision as a group. Not meaning they fully consult each other and either they all stay or they all go. But what I mean is, I think one guy leaving likely impacts the next guy, and so on, and so on. And then the opposite is true. If Kalkbrenner stays, just throwing him out there, then that impacts Shireman, which likely impacts Trey Alexander. And that, So I guess I say that to say, I think if three decide to leave, man, the fourth dude is in a tough spot. You know, if Kaluma, Shireman, and Trey Alexander all leave, Kalkbrenner might follow suit, or whatever order you want to put that in. Because I do think this group understands the importance of, of having the right guys around them and also the fact that team success breeds individual success. They want to win. They want to get back to that same spot they were just in in the Elite Eight and get over the top. So I kind of think, there's a part of me that kind of thinks this will either be a gutting of, of the core or almost everyone comes back. But we'll see. My My... Predictions as of now on April 3rd. My guess is Kaluma leaves, but Nemhard, Kalkbrenner, Trey Alexander, and Baylor Shireman all come back, which would be massive. Now, maybe I'm thinking with my heart and not my head with that prediction. Maybe I'm wish I'm trying to wish something into existence, selfishly, of course. 
And then when it comes to guys like, you know, Ben Stoltzberg, Fred King, tough to say, especially with Stoltzberg more so than King. Wouldn't surprise me either way on on some of those guys. Like, I'm not shocked to see Sharif Mitchell leave. And who knows on what, what Stoltzberg and how he sees things and how things shake out. But we'll see. This thing could change quickly. Maybe guys enter the draft, say they're for sure leaving instead of leaving that door open. Maybe that happens. Maybe some more guys from the bench announce they are transferring with Ocean to open up some scholarships. Maybe that happens. I don't know. But buckle up, man. This could be a very interesting six to seven weeks for Creighton's roster. It's interesting for everybody. Everybody's going through it. But with, with Creighton's guys, it's not too many times where you have like you have three or four fringe NBA guys all that could come back. Like that's a that's an interesting combination. Big decisions for everybody, for all the players, and then big hurdles and obstacles to navigate for the coaches as well in terms of how they're recruiting, how they're handling different scenarios with scholarships and who they want and who they're going after. Again, could be a very interesting six to seven weeks for Creighton Frost. A Heard at Sports Network production.